You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am your host, Mike, and I am joined tonight by Ariana. Hello. And Austin. <laughs> Hi. How is everybody? Good. It's been a long day. It has been a long day. You ran the shop today, which was a little irregular, but uh, I don't know. It seems like you had a good day. Mm-hmm. Busy, but good busy? Yeah, it was, a, it was a busy, but it was good busy. Screaming, screaming children aside. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We talked about this a little bit on one of the episodes where it's like, like metaphysical shops are not places for children that are unruly. They're really not places for kids at all. And like, I get it. Some people just can't leave their kids at home. They don't have something like that. But like, like, you know, when, when you're running a shop, you have to be considerate of other customers. Not only do you, not only you as a customer need to be considerate of other people, you also need to be considerate of, well, the shop owners and potentially that there might be someone who lives there i mean we are a house we do have a tenant and our tenant does work from home so it's kind of like i get it but you know if you have to bring your kid don't prolong your stay more than you have to we have that nice big deck out on the front of the store i don't know why we do just like Put their children on leashes and like tie them to the posts <laughs> out front. I mean, that seems like that would be a perfectly good answer. It was warm outside today. They would have been fine. Um, anyway, we are, uh, well, tonight we're going to talk about mediumship and give people a little tarot bit reading? of truth. Not tarot reading. Tea leaves. Not tea leaves. Palm, palm? reading. Not palm reading. Not, not psychic, not runes. Not, not a traditional Geomancy. psychic reading. Impact? No. <laughs> We're going to talk about mediumship and give people a little bit of truth about what mediumship really is. Because I'm noticing, and I'm sure the two of you are as well, I'm noticing that there still seems to be a lot of confusion in the just just the spiritual communities in general about what exactly mediums really are. And um, I, I think it would be good for us as a part of our community outreach and all of the efforts that we make to educate people to, to really kind of have this talk. So, so let's dive in. So, Austin, you and I do work at the shop as mediums. Yes. We work in slightly different ways, mm-hmm. but we do some of the same work. Do you want to explain what a medium is? I'll explain what a medium is from from my perspective, which is going to make the podcast really short. So, Mike will have to elaborate and expand upon it. I'm always happy to blow hot air into the microphone for the next hour. Well, so, I'm also here to ask questions because I don't want to say I'm not a medium. I guess I'm a medium with training wheels on right now. <laughs> training wheel medium. Training wheel medium. Um, so, it's like an Adam Sandler movie. Training wheel medium. Oh, God. Anyway, he's going to listen to our podcast and we're not going to get any of the royalties from that. Okay. So, a medium is someone who communicates with the dead, whether that is through any of their clear abilities, so clear audience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairgustinance. Um, there are different types of mediums. Uh, they're what? Clairgustinance? Yeah. Claire, I think you mean clairgustance. Oh, sorry. Yes, clairgustance. Clairgustinance. Sorry, I just got into the anence. And then, uh, um, so okay, but those clarity, uh, those clear abilities, though, as you've just named them all, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Okay, but just to be clear, because I don't want I don't want the explanation that we're giving to confuse or cause more confusion. So those clear abilities that you've listed, those are 
the same abilities that any psychic would have. Yes. Okay, so what is it about mediums specifically that makes them different? A medium receives direct communication from the dead. Not just spirit, not just guides, specifically the dead. These are living beings that have died and are no longer with us. This is not your spirit guides. This is not your fairy guides or your so fakey guides. So what would you guides. call that if someone was to come in and try to connect more with something else? Because obviously mediumship is dead people. But if it's like yes. I'm coming in to get a reading with spirit guides or past lives or mediums, et cetera, et cetera. Mediums do have the ability to do that, but that's not what we do specifically a medium a medium point blank dry is we speak to the dead okay okay but there are different types of there mediums. are different types of mediums and yes. i've known like legit like real mediums who have worked more specifically with non-human spirits yes so they do connect their clients they do communicate with the spirits that we would identify as guides or spirit guardians or not angels not angels no angels anybody if you go to a medium and they tell you they're talking to an angel oh my god they are so full of shit and they are lying to you um yeah mediums people angels don't communicate with us in that way i, I don't care you can you can disagree with me all you want those of you who are listening but i'm sorry angels don't communicate with mediums like that that's 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 not how that works um but that, but I, that there are mediums that will talk to different types of spirits. Yes. Well, and that's all within that particular medium's either realm of comfort comfort zone or specific ability. Okay. Yes, because there are different types of mediums. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Example. I when I was growing up, I was a physical medium. I would channel these things, or well, channels aren't necessarily mediums, but uh, but I would react physically my body would react physically to spirits as i've grown i'm not comfortable with that i'm not comfortable with that ability um not for any reason other than i don't like feeling like i'm being crushed if i'm connecting to a spirit who's been who was crushed in a car accident so instead i worked on developing my abilities as a abilities as a mental medium and so i receive pretty much direct communication it's almost like i'm having a conversation with Mike or Ari right here. And it's, I can connect with other entities and other spirits, but those are most definitely more physical and in different manners than the dead. Okay. So I so, don't like okay, to so you are, to the dead. So you are a, you physically. are a, a mental medium. Vlad, who, who also is on the podcast, uh, and I, we work as physical mediums, mm -hmm. which as you just explained, uh, has a bit more to do with physical sensation. Yes. We actually are more inclined to receive physical sensations in the body um, and imagery. Yes. Rather than a like a clear audience yeah. kind of an experience. Um, there are also manifesting mediums mm -hmm. that are mediums that actually can manifest spiritual energy. And I think that has a lot to do. I think they, like, they did studies back in the day where like that concerned like ectoplasm yeah. or the basically like the solidification of psychic energy into like tangible form. Um, 
Although I'll be honest, I don't necessarily know how practical that type of mediumship would really be. It'd be like, what would be the benefit of that? I guess I don't know. Well, anyway, I, mean, I guess the benefit of that, if you were able to, I don't know, maybe physically pull a spirit into the world and physically manifest them, hmm. that could be. Wouldn't that just be channeling, though? That would be a type of channeling, wouldn't it? That would be a type of channeling, but I mean, some channels do have the capability to where their body will physically start to alter and change and their voice mm -hmm. will change but um i'm thinking when you say uh manifest manifesting mediums i'm thinking like they're i don't know projecting a hologram essentially oh no it's not not quite like that but that's okay um now you guys keep mentioning channeling would you say people who channel and are physical mediums are one and the same or different I think they are, are they are different. I'm not just gonna say I think they are different. Mm -hmm. I would say they are different because ch channels are, channels do work in a capacity that would be very similar to mediumship, but what they're doing is not actually mediumship. Yeah. Channels or channelers actually put themselves in a position to be a vessel for the spirits that are coming through mm -hmm. uh, rather than just being someone that would be on the, like the other end of the phone is kind of the idea. And so they are similar, but they are they are also different things. Um, so I I don't identify uh, or I would not classify channelers as mediums. I think I think that they they're different. They do a different kind of work. Beyond that, most of the people that I've noticed that do channeling work, like they're always trying to channel like the Archangel Gabriel or or Jesus or the Christ consciousness or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, or, you know, these other enlightened souls, right? They're always trying to channel these enlightened beings. Like, I channel Metatron. It's like, I'm sure you do. The, the thing is, um, it's like, even if you did, mm -mm. The, um, channels who say that they're doing that, I just need to put this out there. Those types of energies and those types of spirits do not need a channel to manifest in the physical realm. They don't. They also, they don't communicate in the ways that we do as no. humans. Like, I love people when people drop Metatron in particular because Metatron is known as being... Um, the voice of God. Well, it's the voice of God, but also Metatron is also the archangel that is associated with, like, math and these kinds of universal laws. And I'm like... And I think there are even texts that say that Metatron doesn't speak language. Like, Metatron does not speak English. You know, like, Metatron is not going to come through in that capacity. So, um... So, I don't know. So, it's just very interesting. You know, when I hear that, I, I'm always kind of like, ah, I call bullshit. Um, but, uh, but I, but I think that that is leading us into kind of a different, or like a good, uh, thing to also clarify. So channelers are not necessarily mediums. And one thing we talk about here in the shop a lot, because again, we have a lot of people who come in who are confused about this, but we say that mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. Just like all all Wiccans are pagans, but not all pagans are Wiccan. And just... Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're umbrella terms. Yeah. So, well, I mean, but, I mean, but that's also good for us to clarify, though, because my, my understanding in working as a, a psychic and as a part-time medium, you know, I, I, they're very different things, and I have to click into very different components of my, my abilities when I'm doing those different kinds of work. You know, there are a lot of people out there, I think, that are probably fairly gifted psychics, you know, uh, but but they're marketing themselves as mediums and mm -hmm. it's been my experience in interacting with these people that they're not actually in communication with another spirit what they're actually doing is they're psychically reading 
the living person that is in front of them. Yeah. They're actually just pulling information from you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing... a form of cold reading? Well, no, I mean, not, not really. necessarily, because I guess it would still be considered a psychic reading. But but I guess what I'm going with this, is, and, and this is a conversation I had with another psychic just recently, um, another, another medium, excuse me, another medium just recently, um, who was talking about an, an encounter that they'd had where they were talking with someone who also claimed to be a medium. And this person was very upfront. They were basically saying, well, people come in and they sit with me and I have the ability to read memories from people, like memories of things they've experienced. Mm -hmm. And they were marketing themselves as a medium because they would sit down with a client and they would basically start to go into, well, I'm seeing you in this house when you were a child or, or I'm seeing you, you know, whatever the experience would be. Right. And, um, you know, and they're relaying this, but they're not getting this information from an external source. They're just plugging into the living person that's sitting in front of them mm-hmm. and relaying information that they're reading. So it is a, a, a it is a truly intuitive experience, but it is not mediumship. Um, you know, and so I think that you know, again, there's there's a distinguishing kind of kind of kind of thing that needs to happen, and we do need to make a distinguishment there. Um, the other one I hear is is people who are empathic we continue to hear that you know uh you know like uh, well, i'm an empath i'm an empath it's like you and most it's of like everyone else yeah, in the just world so are, so are like 97 percent of the other humans out there empathy is a, a natural human trait it's a quality that we all have unless you have a very particular you know psychological issue you know like you're a sociopath or something else is going on you're going to have empathy you know, empathy and intuitive empathy are very different things. And empathy, even intuitive empathy, is going to be very different than mediumship. Being able to pick up other people's emotions and thoughts is not the same thing as talking to their spirits. Congratulations. You can read body language and your subconscious is picking up on body chemistry. Plus, I always love when people are like, I'm empath. I can really pick up on people's feelings. And I'm like, really? Because I really want you to leave right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's always the conversation, right? Or always the thought process, right? They're like, well, I'm an empath. That's really because for the last 10 minutes, I've been visualizing you walking away. And here you still are, <laughs> you know? Um, I would like you very much to leave. And yet here you... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's been my experience too, Ari. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, you mentioned cold reading. Should we talk about that for a quick minute? The shade. The shade. Well, Ari, Ari mentioned it, no, and I think it's a good topic mm-hmm. or a good thing to maybe maybe drop on this episode because we're that is something that we do also see in our industry, right? We mm-hmm. we've all run across those, you know, those self proclaimed psychics, those those people that are saying that they're you know psychics and one of the main reasons psychics get a bad rap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, you guys want to try to elaborate on on what cold reading is? What is cold reading? Cold reading is when you sit down with a self proclaimed psychic. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm, I'm going to drop the name. I'm going to drop her name. Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium. She a cold reader. And she's made a living for herself doing this. And, you know, good for her, I guess, um, at the expense of other people. But what she's doing and what a cold reader does is you sit down and they read your body language. And um, they are able to pick up on these little nuances and things that... Well, it's like facial features. Yeah. You know, or even like, even the way you're dressed, right, can really be very telling, right? Don't they also ask a lot, instead of like, yeah. they probe. answers, they, they ask do, they a probe. lot of questions. They probe a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, um, and they basically, through the process of that, they get you to kind of lead the reading that they're giving mm -hmm. you. Well, example. When you go to a medium and you're doing a gallery reading, or they're claiming to do a gallery reading. So what is a gallery reading? A gallery reading is a group of people that this medium has never met before, or this psychic has never met before. And what the gallery read is, is basically this person just starts saying what they're picking up on. And that's the danger zone is because I've done gallery readings where I'm just like for families and I show up and I'm like, okay, so I'm picking up on this malpresence. Obviously it's going to be connected to the family and you can go from there. But then there's this, is there, is there someone in the audience who's, who, who, who had a loved one pass away with an, with a name starting with the letter G? And, you know, half the audience is like, yeah, me. I'm sensing someone in the crowd has lost someone they love to cancer. And like, how often is like, that? Exactly. Yes. That, those like are everyone in the room probably has had that experience. Exactly. And those are those are cold reading tales is when they do that. You know, I, I sometimes, as a medium, suffer from imposter syndrome where I'm like, oh my God, is this actually a thing that I'm doing right now? Just because sometimes the information and the spirits that I connect with, I'm like, there's... No freaking way that I got this. But I've been doing this since I was a kid. And so I'll have a client sit down and I'm like, they're showing me this, they're doing this, 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 this. And I just list off these things. And by the time I'm finished and I open my eyes, this person's in tears and they're like, you're connecting to my great grandma. And I'm like, I'm sorry, don't cry, please. Here's tissues. You know? <laughs> I think I think imposter syndrome is something that's pretty common with most spiritual work, though. I think mm -hmm. I don't think there's a single person that I've had a chance to talk to, or uh, you know, I mean, I mean, that was working in in somewhat professional capacity as a psychic or spiritualist um, that hasn't had that moment of imposter syndrome, right? Um, so I don't know that that might though that might be a good good point to kind of jump into the next bit of our conversation. You know, I. Um, I've noticed over the years in, in interacting with different mediums, like, like actual people who are working as mediums, I've noticed that over time, like I'm talking over the course of many, many years of doing that work consistently, that most mediums, they go a little crazy. Yeah. I think there's something about spending so, so much time talking to... The dead. The dead and different types of spirits. I think there's something about doing that work consistently that really does start to create some fairly serious behavioral and psychological issues for mediums. Well, a part of that is, it all depends on how those things are going to manifest, um, depending on, the, on how the medium, what type of medium the medium is as well. Uh, what type the mediums? What type there? Example. Physical what mediums. type of medium? Yes, what type of medium? I'm a medium rare. Are they, are they, they're, they're a small medium or a medium medium or a large medium? Or a large medium? Yes. Um, but like physical medium. Or if they're in America, they're like a 2X or a 3X medium. <laughs> Don't call me out like that. I, I wasn't calling you out like that. Hey, look at me. Um, so a physical medium, if that's the work, primary work they do, like if this is someone who has just thrown themselves into it and that's the work they're doing and that's how they pay their bills... This person is going to have a lot of physical health issues that make no freaking sense. Um, I don't know if any of our listeners or listeners are familiar with um, Dead Files, but the medium on there, Amy Allen, 
um, is is a psychic medium, and she's a physical medium. It's a good show. It's a good show, and Amy Allen is she's, legit. She's she's the real deal. She is crazy legit. Like I'm talking about it, and I'm getting chills. But she um she did this entire interview one time where she was talking about like. You know, I did this thing and this spirit jumped me and the next two weeks I had to do blood transfusions for no reason other than the fact that somehow my blood just wasn't doing the things it needed to do. I, my body wasn't processing it properly, you know, and she goes through all these things and, and it's, I am so glad that I don't do physical medium work. I, I'm, I, because when you and Vlad get to that point, I legitimately get concerned because I can see how it takes a toll on you. So mm. normally a physical medium will not live very long or they'll have lots of health issues as they get older, the more they do their work. Whereas a mental medium like myself, we, it's hard for us to maintain balance in the physical world, in the spiritual world, but also it's really hard for us to maintain a good grip on reality or a good grip on our own feelings so i have a couple questions now from mm -hmm. your talk there sorry I <laughs> you're fine but so talking about the physical tolls of being a physical medium is there something you can do in the sense of like i don't really want to use the word protection but i guess i gotta go there um i'm not done got more questions um <laughs> i was just breathing so, <laughs> So protecting yourself so it's not as damaging if that is possible. And two, you mentioned you used to be, but you're not anymore. How do you practice going from one to the other? Or do you not always have a choice? I will, I'll talk about your, the second part of your question, then I'll let Mike handle the first part because I don't work okay. as a physical medium. Okay. Um, I, I, I started as a physical medium and I think that's part of the reason why I have fibromyalgia is because as a teenager, I was going through these things and I was channeling these, these spirits. And when I started my work in my first coven, I would just, uh, these spirits would just hit me and I would pain in weird places. I'd always have some sort of stomach issue going on this, that, or the other. And I didn't like that. And so what I did was I turned my focus away from my physical mediumship. And instead of allowing that spirit to pass through me essentially is the way I describe it. Um, which is a little bit more channeling, but yeah, you a get mini my channel, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I started focusing on receiving messages and what I did for that is I, I heavily shielded. I would wall up and I, that's how that would be. And I would open up and I could feel these things coming in. And then I would have my guides basically say, no, no, if you want to talk to him, you're going to use your big boy words. And that's how that's going to be. And so I eventually trained that way. I can open up and do physical mediumship, but I, I don't like to. I'm, I'm not afraid. It's not a fear. It's that you're afraid. <laughs> no, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I don't like to. I don't like to because usually I end up processing that spirits stuff and I don't have time for that. So I know you're going to answer the first part, but yeah. I have another question for you, Austin. Mm -hmm. For those who have come to the shop, we do seances. So if you've come to our seances, you know that Austin is typically our medium. Mm -hmm. When you're the medium then, is that 
because you kind of go full-blown medium, mm -hmm. do you become physical medium sometimes, or do you still try to stay in that, like, mental medium state? I ride the edge. I ride the edge because I'll still pick up on the physical things, but I won't feel it as intensely. But our seances will go for 90 minutes at a time, mm -hmm. and usually by the end, I'm... I, I can't maintain that boundary anymore. Yeah. Our, our seances, like, I think we've had seances that have gone, like, over two, two hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember the last seance that we did, I actually had to ask Mike. I was like, Mike and Chris, I was like, will you get this off of me? I am having a problem removing this. And sometimes I have to ask for help because I'm not physically capable of doing it my on my own because i'm not in control mm -hmm. could i do it given the time yeah but i wanted to go to bed i was tired <laughs> you know and so um and so yes i've been opening up and doing more physical mediumship lately and i can i can honestly say it's not as bad as i thought it was going to be but i still most definitely have that that little block Just to clarify, when we do the, the seances as a medium, I'm usually, um, I, I turn more into a channel almost as well because I'm pushing them through. Sorry, Can Austin, Austin worded a whole lot there and I can't remember. What was your question? So as far as being a physical medium, ah. is there anything that you can do to essentially protect yourself from those potential harms? Okay. Um, and also I think another thing I asked was, um, because you kind of mentioned you switched it. Mm -hmm. But is there some times where you can't? You, like, you're kind of, hmm, I don't know if I want to use this wording, but I'm going to use it. You're forced to be a physical medium and you're not able to switch it over? Or is it yeah. more, in your case, have you just kind of been like, eh, no, this is just well, what I, think, I do. <laughs> I mean, in answer to the, to the first of those questions, um, I, th I think maintaining a good ground, like having a good grounding practice is always important. You know, um, and then yes, there are certainly practices. There are things that you can do as a physical medium that will help you make sure that you don't pick up or carry or that those physical uh, signs, those physical communications don't stay with you after a session. Um, but I also have to say that every spirit that you're going to, to do a reading for is going to be different. Mm -hmm. There are spirits that come through that are, you know, like if they were physically in the room with you, they'd be screaming in your face, you know, and then you've got other spirits that, you know, for whatever reason, they, they come through and it's, and it's a whisper, you know, and their energy is so faint, even physically. I mean, you know, they're going to come through and they're going to have, you know, I mean, for example, recently I had someone come and see me and they didn't tell me anything about why they were there or what they wanted to talk to. Um, and so I, I go into, you know, medium mode and the first thing I feel is just this intense pain in the left side of my head. And, you know, and, and so I, I'm, I'm doing their reading, you know, and I'm trying to relate what I, what I'm feeling and I'm telling them like this spirit is, is doing this. I'm feeling this and, the, you know, and this is why, you know, and they're telling me that this person was someone who had been shot in the head. And that is how they had died. They had been shot by someone in the left side of their head, um, and they and they had died. That was how this person had died. But um, you know, and it was so recent, and the the nature of that spirit's death, I think, was so uh, traumatic, traumatic and violent. That I mean, that that pain was so intense. That sensation was so intense. You know, and and you're always able as the medium in those situations to tell that spirit like, okay, I need you to dial it back. Like, I don't need all of this. 
just give me just a little, just enough so I can read for this, the, the living person that came today. Um, you know, and most of the time the spirits, they'll respect that, you know, but there are occasions where that spirit will also be trapped in that state of trauma and they won't understand. All they know is their pain or, or their, their fear or their anger or whatever it is. And, and they don't care if they share that with you. They don't care if they're on full blast, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then there are other spirits as I was saying that, you know, like they died maybe years and years and years ago, you know, and the memory, the physical memory of what they were dealing with in the moment that they passed or just prior to their passing has also faded. And so it'll be like nothing more than a tingle in the body, you know, um, so so every time you go into those situations, you have to, in a sense, essence, you have to kind of find that new frequency. You have to kind of find that new thing. And you do. I've had situations particularly where the spirits have not been very strong in the way that they've manifested, where I've had to uh, take down the usual energetic guards that I, that I keep up just because they're not going to get through. Like, I know they're not going to get through, you know? I mean, we have, we have the servitors in the shop even that we have to say like, hey, I need you to back away for a little bit so that this other spirit can get in so that we can do this. You know, otherwise the spirits aren't able to connect with the mediums here. Um, so yeah, so so yeah, there are things that you can do um, and techniques that you can utilize. Um, it just, but, but it's gonna vary. Every experience is gonna be different. Now that just kind of reminded me of, I think the story you told that technically was told from your mom when you were a kid and you dealt with that whole physical mediumship in a hotel. Oh God. Yeah. Now, how would you tell like a parent who kind of is dealing with that with their kid, like how they should handle that with the child of being like, Oh, they're feeling like huge amounts of pain. How do I help in this instance? Cause yeah. they probably don't, no one probably knows what's going on. I, you know, that, that would be, I, I don't know if there would be one conversation that you could have with the, the parents of a child with those kinds of gifts that would, um, that would ever be a complete answer to something like that. You know, um, Just that, that particular, way. that particular experience, I think kind of came out of the blue. I think that that was at a point where I had just started to manifest that gift, you know, and even though those were things that were common in my family, that wasn't anything that I had done before. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think in that situation, the only effort that my, my mother really could make was to make sure that I stayed calm, um, that I, um, you know, and I think as a result of that, of that uh, mediumship, you know, as, as a result of what I was feeling like, I, I uh, had a fever, you know, so she, of course, she did all the mundane things, right? Like she got some baby Tylenol and she broke my fever, you know, or got my fever to break and, you know, and, um, you know, and she was just there to kind of help me through it you know, and to try to explain some of what I was experiencing or seeing, you know, um, and then, you know, and then of course in the aftermath of that, you know, like it was okay, you know, because I had somebody there that was able to kind of coach me through, Yeah. you know, um, but again, I, I think that that was different, that particular situation, because I grew up in a house where like, like, in a, and in a family where that was just normal stuff. Like, I don't, honestly, I don't know how I would, would tell someone who, had no history or prior experience of that, how necessarily to handle a situation like that, which is why I think a lot of people freak out and, and really they react badly when they have a, that first supernatural experience. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I think those are so scary or why they put such fear into people. 
Um, but, but the mundane things I think are always going to be helpful, right? You make sure that if you're dealing with a child who's manifesting that kind of ability to make sure that in whatever way that you can remind them that they're safe, that whatever it is that they're feeling that this isn't real or that this isn't really happening to them, right? You know, um, make sure they stay physically comfortable, you know, um, and then, you know, ideally if you can, if it seems like the child is in too much distress to do something to help them to kind of snap out of that. You know, um, and there are things that you can do for something like that, right? You can, you, you distract them, you pull them out. Um, one, one of the things that helped with that particular experience is I think my mother was finally able to give me, um, I think part of the, after she, after they got my fever to break, I think she gave me, um, like some old, like children's cough medicine and it like, it knocked me out. And, you know, and then I was like, I was, I was asleep. I was passed out. Like, so there, I, there's no way I was going to. Can't be a medium if you're awake. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. So, um, so I don't know, but again, I would say that there would be probably no one perfect answer there. Um, if you have a child, one of the other things I would maybe recommend is that if you are the parent of a child that has these kinds of gifts and abilities and you're not quite sure what to do, go and find a, and, and you need to be careful about this, right? Cause this is your child, right? But, uh, but you need to do some research and you need to find a skilled, a, a real practicing medium or spiritualist who is familiar with those things that can help you to know better. Like, okay, if this happens, this is a better way to react. This is, this is a better way to, to handle this. So what questions would you advise them to ask the psychic? Um, I would probably say that the first thing is to help ask, ask that psychic, help you figure out what exactly is going on, you know, because those gifts can manifest in a lot of different ways, as we discussed earlier in the episode. Um, and, you know, and then at that point, usually there will be some additional knowledge. And this is why I say it's important to find, make sure that you find a, a like a, an actual, like a true practitioner, somebody who really is who, what they claim to be. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I was um, like, the questions that will be like, ah, you're legit. Or not. Oh, 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 I misunderstood. <laughs> okay. So you're talking questions for the psychic. Yeah. To ah, being like, okay. Hmm. Well, basically, I mean, you know, it would be the same way that you would probably, I think, you know, vet any other kind of professional that you're working with, right? Like, like do a little bit of research, you know, get online. If they're a professional, do they have an online presence? You know, um, how long have they been doing what they've been doing and can they, can they provide proof of that? You know, if they're claiming a particular type of certification or, or, or skill or knowledge, can they provide proof of that and how they, they obtained that? You know, um, find reviews, you know, tell them if they're a professional, they should have no problem giving you the names and numbers for other clients who are able to provide testimonials and tell you like, yes, this person is the real deal. They helped me, you know? Um, but like I said, you would do that with any professional, I would think. Hopefully. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I would hope, yeah, I would hope, right? I mean, God, you know. Especially I, when it has to deal with your child. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like well, if this is your child, I mean, you, have, you, you want to be careful with your, your children. Well, and you also want to make sure you follow your gut because I can't tell you how many times we've had interactions with, parents and children who come in and they and they sit down with us or they're walking around they're like there's it's real here because they've gone somewhere else or, or gone to someone else who's told them that you know archangel michael is watching over their child and is taking time out of his busy schedule, protecting the universe to make sure this child's gifts get developed. And, and you know, if someone's telling, if someone is making your child sound like the next freaking messiah, understand that they are not. Yeah, that person's trying to sell you something. That person is trying to get 
more money from you. And this other per this person most likely has a messiah or savior complex themselves, which means they are so wrapped up in their negative ego that they're not actually going to be able to help this child. Sometimes the most obvious answer is the answer you don't want to go to, which is maybe you should just go see the witches. Always rule out mundane factors too. Yeah, you, you always want to look for the mundane things when you're dealing with the possibility of spirituality mm -hmm. it's not that you you know it's not that you don't want to have faith or belief in the spiritual but you know we're talking about mediumship and it is probably fair to mention that there are a lot of people out there we've all met these people i know all of us have had these interactions we've met people in some capacity or in some situation that are claiming to be very powerful mediums. You know, they talk to spirits and they hear voices and they, you know, they have all of these experiences that they relate, you know, and then somewhere down the line, you kind of find out through the grapevine that this is somebody who is probably struggling to balance some really serious psychosis. Like I've, I've had that, you know, and I'm not going to drop any names, but I'm familiar with another self-proclaimed like professional medium just within our local area here who used to come and see me before they decided they wanted to become a medium and go into business for themselves. And they would come and see me for, for spiritual services. And in more than one session, we would talk about their serious mental health problems. I mean, we're talking schizophrenic, like taking heavy antipsychotics, Runs in the family. Mom was a schizophrenic. Her father was a schizophrenic. Like, I mean, we're talking somebody who has serious problems. And I am in, in no way am I trying to shame anybody for their mental health issues. You know, I know these days we're all neurodivergent, right? Mm -hmm. um, but but I, but I have to look at people like this and I have to say, okay, knowing the history there, like, like are, you, are you having legitimate spiritual experiences? Are you a medium? Or... Are you just off your meds? That, you know, um, and that's a conversation we've had to have with people. I just recently, Austin, you had to have that conversation with a customer where you were telling them like, hey, this is a mental health issue, not a, not a spiritual issue. I've had that conversation with <laughs> two customers and they've all been sent to us by a self-proclaimed medium. Yes, I thought we would be able to make it through at least one episode without trashing on them. But yes, the light workers. The lightworkers who can't handle anything real, they do. They always send these people and, to us. And it's so, it, it makes my heart hurt. It, it, it makes me sad, but it also infuriates me because they took this person who was broken and had serious we all? mental <laughs> health issues and told them, oh, no, no, Reiki will fix you. Oh no, you're you're talking to spirit guides, and when this person decided to get off their meds, only do Reiki, and then, oh, shocker, they're actually schizophrenic and need some serious medication. This medium bailed mm -hmm. and told everyone I just couldn't handle them anymore, so I sent them to I sent them to Cat and Cauldron, and I had to have several conversations with this person where I was like, well, let's schedule an, an appointment for you to come in and get a clear um, if this is something really happening. And we scheduled them with Vlad. And mm -hmm. between me, Vlad, or Mike, 
uh, or Chris or any of our practitioners. Oh, I, do, I, think, I think four of us tried to help yes, this person before they... Energetic they... work. Nothing helped. And so finally, this woman calls me and we're on the phone. And she's like, well, I just don't know what to do. No one's helping me. I just want this to stop. And I finally just had to tell her, you need, you need actual help. Well, she did volunteer during the, that time to a couple of us that she... She had a history of fairly serious mental health yes. issues. Yeah. And so, I, I had to tell so her, I'm it's like... it's not like, you know, that was yeah. just a guess on our part. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and no matter if uh, Reiki is going to help. Exactly. And you I, actually need help with. Yeah. You, you need to take care of the mundane first. And it was so sad to me and infuriating because I was like, first, this woman was a Catholic and she was going to the witches and the pagans to get help. And none of them even consider going okay well if you're catholic you should probably go talk to your priest about this i think she, if i remember correctly she did i don't want to get, continue to go into the details of this particular person's life but I, I do want to say since you mentioned it she did go to her church first no and they refused to help her no she didn't go to her church first are we talking about the same person we, um, we i'm i'm thinking we are because <laughs> she came to us and i asked you're catholic why haven't you gone to your priest Oh, I never thought of that. No one ever even suggested that to me. And I'm like, now, obviously, well, this person was... Probably just as well, because I don't know if the priest would necessarily have been any more help. No, she told me what the priest said. The priest said, say 10 Hail Marys and you'll be fine. And I was like, so okay, So she did cool. go to the priest. Well, after I told her she needed to. Ah. So, but anyway, back to kids and parents and stuff like that. The easiest thing you can do as a parent, if your child is exhibiting true spiritual gifts, is to start developing yours of your own. Yeah. Work, work with your student, yeah. or your student, excuse me, with your child, work with your child. Student. I know, I, I lapsed into teacher <laughs> mode there, right? Work with your students. Yeah, work with your children, right? Even if you don't feel that you've got mm -hmm. that same gift, it doesn't hurt you as their parent to know what the hell it is. Well, it's also not going to hurt you because you might open up and have some sort of experience. And then when your child has an experience, you can sympathize. Yes. Is there anything we haven't discussed about mediumship that we need to? If you were to give mediumship a definition, what would it be? Okay. A, a hard, like, this is the definition. Didn't we do this at the beginning of the we episode? We did, but, like, just to close out this segment, this segment section, what is your definition of mediumship? Um, Point blank. A medium is someone who works in a capacity that places them between life and death. And I don't mean literally or physically, I should say, but in terms of spiritual power and communication, um, mediums are people who are, they're, they're, they're medium, they're in between. That is, that is the, the origin of that name. You are a medium, you are in between. And, um, you know, and so there are people who use their very particular psychic uh, spiritual abilities to communicate with souls and energies that are not living that are no longer on the the third dimensional physical human plane okay so not an empath not an empath not a tarot reader not a tarot reader not an oracle reader not an oracle reader or any of that or any of those other things it's not well to, to be clear it's not that a medium couldn't use those tools mm -hmm. to focus a reading but but when they say I'm gonna give you a medium reading and then pull out their tarot cards, it's like no 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 no. Yeah, I I I would I would 
I, I would have maybe a few questions for that particular practitioner. Yeah. You know, like, like, like explain to me how the communication that you're receiving as a medium is coming through your cards. Well, I also want to add mediums aren't fortune tellers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First off, fortune teller is, is kind of, is seated, deep seated in racism and stuff like this. But, but anyway, moving is past it? that. I don't um, mind the term fortune teller. Um, I don't mind it either, but there are people out there who really mind it, particularly when it makes fun of our Romani culture. And so, mm. but that's a, that's a different segment. That's a different story. Um, but there are people who think that any psychic is a medium. And that's not how that works. As a medium, I'm also going to tell you, your dead people don't give a fuck about your love life. They don't care. Yeah, maybe that's a good thing to talk about, you know, because people are always curious. They're always like, like, what am I, what does my, my great grandmother think about my, my relationship partner now or the guy I'm dating or. The no, no questions for mediums. Yes. Yeah. Let's actually do that. No, yeah, no questions for know, mediums. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I, I just want to say that most of the spirits that you're going to connect with through a medium, they don't care about what's in your bank account. They don't care about who you're dating. Here's another one. How are you doing? Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Yes. The the, I'm dead. the super generic like, like. Are you okay? Yeah. Or <laughs> or or, or or when they sit down and they're like, well, what is it they want to say to me? And it's like, well, probably a lot of things, but you only booked thirty minutes, so can we get down to the specifics? <laughs> you know, like I think there's this this idea that that our dead or that are the other spirits that we talk to that like they're somewhere on the other side and they just have nothing to do. Right? Or that they're they just, can see they're more. They're just sitting around on some fluffy cloud somewhere just waiting for you to, like, pick up your end of the, you know, the call, right? And be like, what is it you have to say to me? It's like, I'm doing shit, too. Like, just because I'm dead doesn't mean I don't still have stuff going on. Like, I don't have time to dick around with you for the mm -hmm. next several hours and give you tiny little answers to all the minutia of your life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yeah. So I would definitely say, yeah, like, like keep your, your questions when you're going to meet with the medium. Keep that shit specific. You know, for one thing, you're paying for that time. Save yourself some money. You know, for another thing, it's hard for mediums to maintain connection with those spirits for prolonged periods of time. It's exhausting for us to do that kind mm -hmm. of work, which is why I always tell people that if a medium charges more than other types of psychics, they're probably worth it because it's more draining. It really is. And I'm sure there will be people who will disagree, but... Fight me. I will also um, say if you're going to a gallery reading or a larger group setting, don't ask. I mean, if you want to, just think if you're asking a personal question, everyone is going to hear that answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. So it's if you're going to ask that in a large group setting where other people are going to hear, just remember other people are going to hear your dirty laundry mm -hmm. potentially. Well, and on top of that, sometimes spirits don't want to talk yeah. not all of your loved yeah. ones not all of your dead people that i was thumbing through tiktok the other day and this woman popped up she's like oh, if you ever go TikTok. to a medium and they tell you that that your loved ones don't want to talk to you they're fake if they tell you that you don't have angels they're wrong and i'm like no because there have been times where i've had clients who i've seen for years and years and years and they'll sit down and they want to connect to a spirit that we've connected to almost every session and i'm like okay cool let's check in with you know great nana and we sit down and it's like nothing's coming up on psychic radio and i had one of my clients get 
physically upset. Like, well, why? This is no different than other times. Like, probably because the spirit has said all it needs to say and it's done now. Yeah, they're not just hanging around waiting to talk to you all yeah. the damn time. You know, I, I had someone sit down and they're like, I need you to talk to the spirits about my job. I'm like, your dead people don't give a shit about your job. Yeah. They don't yeah, care. They don't care about your job. They might care about your well-being, but, but your well-being your isn't necessarily measured by your job. So, you know, or your money, right? Don't um, ask for a general <laughs> reading from a medium. Be specific. And if you're going to go to a seance, know who you want to talk to. Yeah. Please don't just sit down and say, well, whoever comes through are my spirit guides. That's a lot of time. We don't have all the time in the world. Be more specific. Yeah. Be better. <laughs> now, I, pro I probably know the answer to this. But if you're going to go see a medium... Do you have to bring something along with you being like, here's granddaddy's scarf. Read, read it. I would say no, because at that point, once again, you're not really getting a, a medium, uh, mediumistic reading. You're, you're psychometry. That's psychometry. And that would be the same as going and seeing a psychic who claims to be a medium, but is actually just reading energy off you or reading things off you. Yeah. So and I would say so. Would no. that be a red flag then for someone claiming to be a medium I, and asking for things? I, you know, I think you know that to me is is a perfect example of why people who work in the spiritual uh, field, people who do the kind of same kind of work that we do, how important it is that we are honest about what we really offer and the services that we offer. You know, I mean, I know there's this cachet. I know that there's this really cool thing about being able to call yourself a medium. But if you're not really doing that, sooner or later, it's going to become apparent that you're not really a medium. Somebody who really knows what a medium does sooner or later is going to sit down in front of you and they're going to say, oh, no, I call bullshit. No, no, I've been to other real mediums and no, no, what you're doing is not that. You know, and so we need to be honest about that. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I... I'm very good at reading energy and I'm very good at um, being able to share details and information that could be in, in some way an answer to you in something that you needed to know. And one of the best ways for me to do that is maybe to pull that energy from a personal item because I, I'm, I'm psychometric. I work with psychometry, you know, and, and to say that to somebody and I'm like, why, why is there a problem with that? There should be nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I you know, and so, yeah, but I would not consider that a medium reading because there there's no external spirit involved in that situation and just because you show up with great granddad's purple heart medal from his service doesn't mean that he's going to decide to come into the room and talk yeah so, sometimes those spirits have already they're gone they're gone and like in hell no like they <laughs> maybe that spirit has already Ooh, let's talk about that for a minute go okay. ahead say what you're gonna say maybe that spirit has already done its job and it's and it's over you know there, there have been times in seances where people want to connect the spirit and it's just silence and it's and and i and i'm sitting there as the medium and i'm not picking up anything and the board's not moving and finally mike is like you getting anything and i'm like no and people are so disappointed and it's like i can't force them to talk mm -hmm. i can force them to leave but i cannot force them to talk just like i cannot force them here uh, and at that point we're getting into conjuring and I'm, I'm not here to conjure i'm just here to talk to dead people guys yeah yeah we don't want to try to you don't want us to do something to try to force your spirits to speak yeah because we are witches and we can do that 
but then your spirits are probably not going to be very happy mm-hmm. with you. It's not going to be a fun experience for anybody. Even for the um, spirits, consent is sexy. Exactly. Consent <laughs> is always sexy, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about that since, I, since I, I was joking, but now I'm kind of thinking like this would be a good thing to discuss. In all the years that I have worked as a medium, in all the years that I know Austin has worked in a medium, talking with Vlad... And I would say at least four or five other professional mediums that I've worked with, like people I, I know are, are legit mediums, in sharing some of our stories, not client stories specifically, you know, because we do we do keep, you know, our clients' information confidential. Well, even um, just like within the coven as well. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we've had, I think, a lot of spirits come through and basically tell us that there is no hell. Like hell does not exist. <laughs> My favorite, Zion is a lie. Oh God, yes, yeah, yeah. Because we have. Well, do you want to do you want to relate that? Because we have a lot uh, of Mormon people in the area that come and see us. So I don't know. I knew we were gonna do a séance, and all day I was just getting the feeling to reach out to one of my aunts, um, and so that's who I reached out to once we did the séance. And this is a coven séance. Yeah, coven séance, and she basically started saying. Zion is a lie. And I was just like, yes, confirmation. But this is, but again, this is, I want to say this, just to be clear, this is very much the LDS, the Latter-day Saints or the Mormon yes, version um, of Zion, and as she, opposed to like more, uh, like Middle Eastern, like, like, uh, and she was very Mormon. Like she got in arguments with her son who has been excommunicated from the church because he started okay. questioning things. Okay. And she thought that was offensive. And now she's like, oops, yeah no that was that was a a very interesting experience i think i remember that seance um but we've had we've had other spirits come through though and say some things that are very similar like like i was sure when i got to the other side that this would be what i would find because this is what i was told Mm -hmm. would be here and that that this isn't it at all and it's not a bad thing it's never a bad thing you know and even I've had a few people come and see me over the years where they wanted to talk to people that in life were really horrible people. Like I've had people come and see me who wanted to, to talk to like people that were murderers and things, you know, and these are family members. Right. But you know, and this person was a horrible person when they were alive, they did terrible things, but, but even murderers and serial killers and things, even they sooner or later they you know, they, they have somebody who has loved them. Right. And so, um, but even those people, even people that were horrible and did terrible things in their lives once they cross over, even they come through and they're like, I'm not really in hell. Like I, when I crossed over, like I had, like I went somewhere else. Like I wasn't allowed to go to the same place everyone else was allowed to go to, hmm. but it wasn't punishment. It wasn't hell. I was just kind of like, like in holding, I guess, you like, know, um limbo in a sense not not even limbo necessarily or or like catholics have the concept of purgatory mm-hmm. um it's not even that really i mean what i what i've asked when i've pushed those spirits a little bit is that it's almost like they have to go to spirit school <laughs> kind of <laughs> is the idea like i guess that'd be the easiest way to explain it trademark like, like yeah. kathleen eagleby like they have to go look at the board what you did was wrong yes exactly yes, <laughs> yes exactly yes killing rape these are wrong things. Um, yeah, but no, but like they've they've gone somewhere that where they've basically have had to relearn in some sense that like we we don't do these are not good things to do, you know. Um, or or I think a lot of the times what happens to those to those souls when they get to the other side is a lot of the times the reasons that they did those things in life is because 
you know, they were treated badly, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that's one of the things you hear of really commonly, particularly with, like, serial killers. And I keep going to serial killers as an example just because we always know so much about them, right? Mm-hmm. Every time somebody's... There's, there are always these books and, and documentaries and things that come. So we know a lot about the personal lives of many of these serial killers, right? And the way that they grew up. And, and a lot of these are people that as children were, you know, they were severely abused. I mean, they grew up in households with, you know, and I'm not trying to in any way forgive what they do as adults. But, but that's one of the other things that's been explained by them a lot is like I, when I crossed over, one of the things I had to do is I had to also heal a lot there are spiritual energies here there are things here that kind of catch us and that kind of put us back together because one of the reasons that we did what we did in life is because we were also broken souls um you know and you know and then i think once all that's done then they get to a point where they're able to kind of rejoin the flow right and i guess maybe i would hope and end up where everybody else ends up right except for hitler if there were ever hell there's got, there's got to be a hell for Hitler. Ugh! And people like Hitler. And Trump. Ugh, gross. Gross. Hitler Jr. Why would you Caca. bring that name up? I know. It's awful. He's <laughs> he's out of office, but I swear to God, I still, at least every other day, I, I get on my internet, and that ugly face with that baboon-puckered asshole of a mouth is just on my screen, and I'm so <laughs> sick of it. If I could if I could legally assault him, I, I probably would. Um Anyway, also, something you need to realize about spirits is that if they were miserable in life, they're miserable in death. If if you if your dad was is great an, Nana still mad at me? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if your if your dad who died was an abusive asshole who was a cheater and a liar, when he crosses over, he doesn't all of a sudden become this enlightened Mm-hmm. I know what I did was wrong. He's still a lying, cheated, angry piece of shit. Now he could get better, right? With time. he can get better with time. On the other side, like but, he can learn and he can realize, like, oh wow, the way again, the way that I behaved in life was not good. Mm-hmm. But but once again, when we're connecting with that, we're connecting with the spirit, which is almost like that psychic imprint that has been left behind. Okay, and so. While yeah. we can see some sort of transformation or tr- or transmutation there, um, most of the time, they're still going to be horrible. I mean, a couple seances ago, we had this spirit come through that was just awful and yeah, and, in life and and also and now life, still on the other side, and still death. awful. And these people were like, "Will you leave us alone?" No. Mm-hmm. And they just were distraught. They were just like, I, they, they need to leave us alone. And they were freaking out. And I popped out of mediumship mode because I started experiencing physically what this spirit had done to them. And I was like, you went into like Phoenix mode. And was like, I did. No more. I went into like full blown, <laughs> like, like, oh God, I'm trying to think of something. Well, basically you, 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 in essence, you, you banished. I banished the spirit. You said this spirit, you're like, you're done. You will no longer torment these people. Yeah. And as soon as we did that, the room got lighter and I was done. I called it a night because I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. So please, if you have a piece of shit that you want to talk to, do that on your own (laughs) time. Do not come to a medium because we're tired. No, 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 I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there because those, I think very often, those are the spirits that we probably want to talk to because we want to know, right? We want to know like, 
why did you do this terrible thing to me? Why were you such a horrible person? Well, but I guess I guess the thing, once again, to repeat is that in seeking out that answer, you're going to probably find that those it's souls... It's not the answer you want. Are, they're going to give you an answer that's probably not going to be very, very satisfying. They're going to come back and they're going to be like, I did it because I wanted to. Or... <laughs> I did it because I, I, you know, people hurt me, so why couldn't I hurt them? Or it may you know, be I mean, disappointing closure. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you may not get closure, and that that's something else to, to maybe throw in there is that we don't always get closure from our spirits. Yeah. We cannot base our life and our future on our spirits. We really we can't. We can't base our life and future on that of dead people. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I will also say there are some spirits where it's like the opposite of that where they have an amazing sense of humor oh, yeah. god, like the yes. ones that come in and they're just like man it's really hot here oh god that, just kidding that spirit was so <laughs> funny yeah like where are you it's like it's really hot here and then just yeah just kidding and it was like oh my god and everybody in the room just died everybody just was laughing and then i think yeah. a few minutes later they started crying because then they started talking about something serious so it's like oh whoa <laughs> or i was i was back to the other one we did where like the kid came through and his grandfather was talking to him and he's like, oh, yeah. he's like, tell me what's like, tell me what's wrong with me. And his grandfather, <laughs> you're or, really hung. Yeah, you're really hung. Re. Re. <laughs> yes, you're hungry. You're too, you're too hung. You're too hung. Uh, re. You're too hungry. But, you know, basically he's telling, he's telling his kid like, hey, like, be, you need to be a little more patient. You need to slow down mm -hmm. a little bit. You're trying too much right now. So, you know, you're, you're creating misery in your own life. But yes, but there was that break yeah. between the it communication. Was a, it was like, a long pause. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, it was a long pause. Yes, you're too hung. And everybody in the room's like, give me this guy's number. Uh, you know, but... Uh, and this and this guy was like a total skeptic. And then he was like, well, how do I know it's really oh, you? Oh, he scared the shit out and of him. And then we, the, the board spelled out this guy's middle name. And they were like, thank you. And they got up and left the seance. No, no. They stayed for the whole thing, but it was like right after they're like, bye. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they ran out of our shop. Yeah, we keep you keep talking about a spirit board. And I just want to be clear that we don't we don't use the spirit board for regular mediumship work. Oh yeah, God we, no. we use that only as a component of our seances. Yeah, I just want people listening to, to think that we're not we're not yes, always using because a spirit you use board. a spirit board yeah. doesn't mean you're a medium. Yeah, and don't be afraid of spirit boards. It's just a tool. There's nothing wrong yeah. with spirit boards. So let's 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 switch it up. All right, what are we what are we loving about witchcraft right now? What are we loving about witchcraft right now, Mike? What am I loving about witchcraft right now? <laughs> I am... Oh my god. I don't love anything about witchcraft. No. Um, what are we loving about witchcraft right now, Ariana? I almost called you Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I am the moon. <laughs> and are um, the, you are the moon. I don't know, just... I've, I've noticed people just wanting to learn a lot more lately and actually being receptive mm. to a lot of the stuff we're trying to tell them and help them with. Because um, I know in the past it's like, well, I'm learning. And then we'd give them like tips and stuff and they're like, yeah, meh. Like, and it's like, glazed yeah. why, overlook. why did yeah. you ask? Work but hard. At least lately it's like, so there's someone who's actually in a day and they're like, I'm a baby witch. And we're like, don't call yourself that. And she's like, well, what do I call myself? So we, you know, we're like, call yourself seeker. And then, uh, yeah. kind of told her why. And then Austin was letting her know like some of the stuff she could do. And she was like, oh, okay. You know, like actually nice. listening and stuff. And I think even asked you like, is this a book you would recommend? Mm -hmm. And you were like. Not really. That's <laughs> funny. Um, so, did she end up getting the book that you actually recommended? Yeah, she ended up getting um, the Crooked Path by Kelvin. Yeah, actually, so, which is a good book. It is a good um, 
that's yeah i'm enjoying that what what i'm loving about witchcraft i'm loving that i'm seeing a i'm seeing more people take working with deities and spirits more seriously because for the longest time there are these people who would just uh, who i've interacted with and this was for the past several years where it's just i have this deity and i have this deity and this deity da -da 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 -da. and it's like they have 50 deities and they've bought out all of our all the statuary it's like jesus christ including jesus christ including yes. jesus christ yes. and and it's like wow you said jesus jesus uh, <laughs> jesus rice i want a cheeseburger <laughs> why i'm hungry um so <laughs> So I'm glad that I'm seeing one the younger generation. You had a a, a girl come in today. Actually, I was going to was going to talk about that actually about one of the things I'm loving about witchcraft. And she was very like, oh well, I got to get this candle for Hestia, and I got to get this candle for Dionysus. And I was like, two opposite ends of the spectrum, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was just really happy. She was like, got to get this, got to load it with this, got this stuff at home. And it was great seeing how supportive her father was. I'm mm -hmm. assuming it was her father. That was her father, yes. Um, and and I was like, wow, I'm seeing this young witchling, this young seeker, take working with their spirits seriously and not treating them like a vending machine. Because when you're working with your spirits and you're working with your deities, it's so much different than I bought a statue and I give it offering. Especially, like you said, the two opposite she talked with me a little bit about Dionysus and I was like trying to fill her out like what exactly what do you know what have you researched because I wouldn't call Dionysus a child friendly oh. god um, you know but she she was she was very well learned she knew her stuff even for being such a young age yeah and then I think I, that's what I'm loving about the younger generation as well is they're doing their because he's excited. We're, we're recording. Interesting. People, people you can't get super hear you. Excited. Trust me. They're doing their they're doing their research. <laughs> you say. Um, so okay. So that you know that you, it's good you brought that up because that does that does remind me one of the things I'm actually really liking about witchcraft right now. And this is not a new thing, but um, I'm liking how we continue to see witchcraft being more publicly accepted. I was gonna say normalized, but that's such a terrible word because ew, fuck normal. But um. But how it's more accepted, like if we, like you mentioned, this young lady came to see me today, and when I say young lady, we're probably talking like maybe, I don't know, junior high, age, you know, and um, you know, and she, the reason she came to the shop today actually was to interview me as part of a school assignment that she was given, where she needed to basically uh, go out, and all the students in her class, they all have to do this assignment, where they needed to find somebody that was working professionally, in an industry or in a field or, or doing some sort of work that they wanted to grow up and also do professionally. And she wants to grow up and be a professional witch. And so she came to interview me today and, and find out like what, you know, what exactly is it like being a professional witch, you know? And it was a really fun visit. You know, she's very smart and, you know, and I think she's, she's well on her way, I think, to be a, being a really powerful witch in her own right. But, um, but I, I thought it was very interesting in talking with her because I even asked her at the end of our, our interview, I was like, now this is for an assignment for like a public school. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, and you're going to go back and talk about this like in front of your class and in front of your teacher. And 
everybody's just okay that you're going to be talking about witchcraft and how you, you're a witch and you want to grow up and be a professional witch. She's like, oh yeah, like my teacher already knows that I was coming to talk with you today. I was like, that's amazing. Oh my God. Like when I was your age, that would not have been the case. Especially in Utah as well. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. So I, I don't know. So I'm some of the horror stories of I'm, the schooling. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving the acceptance though. I think yeah. more and more, even in people who don't personally take an interest in witchcraft, there still is more and more of a like, Hey, whatever you want to do, it's your thing. Right. You know? So I love that. I know we still see the, a lot of the other opposite too. You know, we still have a lot of idiots out there that, you know, still think that we're, you know, sacrificing babies and animals and worshiping Satan. But we only do that on the weekends. I was gonna say, it depends on the day. Exactly. <laughs> we um, do not cavort with demons. That's, that's not an all. That's not an everyday thing. My God, you can't do that stuff all the time. It's Monday night. Then it's not special. Um, what are we hating about witchcraft right now? I can't remember. We may have already touched up on this on a previous podcast, but. I don't know. I just noticed it more lately. People coming in, even on TikTok and stuff, and it's like, this stone will help you with XYZ. Ah. Which, cool, great. Yes, stones can be helpful and do have their purposes, but there are times where it's like they come in and it's like, which stone will help me find my next love? And I'm like, mm. dating app or putting yourself out there. Yeah. But which stone? That's like, eh. Now are there stones that do help kind of like promote self-confidence, promote self-love, mm -hmm. promote those type of things? Absolutely. But a stone is not going to help you get out there. Yeah. Anything that's going to hold True. you back. <laughs> this is where, this is where but, I think I'm an evil witch. Because I have people who come in and ask me that stuff. And I will genuinely try to help them. Yeah. But I try to approach those situations deliberately from the opposite end of that situation. Because I'm a witch and that's what we do. Um, you know, so like, because you were sitting there talking about like, what can I do to bring more love into my life? And I'm like, and you want to use a stone for this? And I'm like, yeah, because everybody loves crystals and stones. And I'm like, you should pick up a piece of black obsidian. <laughs> and they're like, why that? Somebody told me rose quartz. And I was like, black obsidian will help you cut all those nasty ties you have to all those losers that you were involved with before who have totally fucked your head up around relationships. You know? And so I love that kind of stuff, you know? Because I'm like, I'm like, I want to, I want to, I like to toy with that these people a, good, a little bit. That is a good, like, spin to put on it, though. Being yeah. like, mm, you don't need this. You need this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you you like, you know, really that's what it is, right? Particularly when it comes to love and relationships. It's like, really, the, the only thing that really gets in our way when it comes to that shit is us. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, the world is full of people. And my, my general view of humanity is, pretty low yeah I'll, I'll, I'll be honest but um but that doesn't mean that there aren't, aren't people out there that aren't worth getting to know and dating and well i guess it's it's still having... just like anything not just rocks but it's like yeah. i did a spell on this to get a new job and i haven't gotten anything it's like well have you applied to anything yeah. have you done any interviews well no yeah well of course you're not gonna get a new job yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you, you gotta you gotta handle the mundane stuff too you know right? it's yeah. i don't know i see spells as like going at least halfway or like yeah. Maybe doing seventy five percent of the work, but if you're not doing anything for yeah. that spell, yeah. I don't really see it working. And like maybe a one percent slim chance of a miraculous. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Because <laughs> you're just kind of. We can we can see you're you're dying to say something, Austin. Come on. <laughs> Is that it? That's all you have to say. Tweet tweet. I guess. Wow, Austin just gave me the finger. 
No, I. Hmm. So I was actually going to talk about that today because I can't remember we did it. But yeah, what I'm hating is very similar to Ariana. Like there, there's so many people that I want a pretty shiny rock that'll get me a new job and a new love and will protect me from negative energies because I'm an empath and I just soak up everyone's stuff. And then instead of doing what Mike does where I'm like, well, actually, let's look at it from the opposite. And I'm like, I'm just going to crush your bubble. I'm just going to destroy Boke. everything you have. <laughs> and so I, well, I'm an empath. And so I absorb everyone's emotions. And this interaction today is like, oh, you're not an empath. You're a psychic vampire, actually. How is it people think that you're the nice one? I'm, I don't know. And <laughs> He's charismatic. And there is this, yes, this, just, this, this just silence. And I was like, well, if you're picking up and absorbing everyone's emotions and feelings and internalizing it, you're... Your energy's turning inwards and you're a psychic vampire. You're on empath. Do you have the ability to project everything outwards? Or anything outwards? I just get so overwhelmed. So you're a psychic vampire with social anxiety. <laughs> and so, obviously, I use this as, an, as a moment to educate and talk. And near the end, they're like, okay. So I'm not what everyone thinks. I'm like, no. You're an empath is... A human being. A human being. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> you can feel those things. And this crystal, this piece of black tourmaline, you are just holding on to for dear life because it'll protect you. Urgh! Is doing nothing other than being like, I mean, I guess I'm grounding you maybe. But. Well, plus if you haven't charged it for its. If you haven't purposes. worked yeah. really yeah. Not, you if got, you haven't you got a program programmed or worked with this particular spirit, it's just gonna be like, these are my general properties. I'm just kind of gonna go about my day. And it's so frustrating. And I get it. Crystals are shiny. Crystals are sparkly. I love crystals. I'm wearing like three of them around my neck right now. And all of my bracelets. I love i know ari's crystal naked <laughs> i love crystals and i love those things and i love my tools but oh my god please learn how to work for yourself so that's what i'm just like breathe is breathe. the reliance on external sources that really are just allies they're not there to do the work for you they're allies because what do i always say there's no easy button in witchcraft. Exactly. It's like, it's almost insane. We, <laughs> also, we, have, we have shirts that say that now. Yes. Well, they're on their way. Also, <laughs> just... Also be careful with the herbal information you're getting online. Ugh, I, yes. I, there's this obsession with astral travel now. Are we still seeing mugwurts? Yes. I actually saw oh. that pop up again, but it was more... Um, Someone, I think, found... Because someone was giving a tea blend legit for miscarriage or abortion. Ah. And this so this is new person... Or this is the one that was going around a while ago on social media. I don't know. But it was like someone else, they took that, and they're like, what are you doing? Ah. Stop. So they're kind of doing what you guys were doing before, where mm -hmm. it was like, stop spreading this. This is bad. Yeah. These... A lot of the herbs you put in there are very toxic. Yeah. You're hurting yourself. Um, and then, like, I went into the comment section, and some people were like, yeah, these, like, not only does it do this, but it could cause these issues. Yeah. And then other people being like, well, what do you know? And I'm like, 
she legit just yeah she just all, yeah she just said she's stuff. a certified herbalist i mean well she yeah. she didn't quite say that she okay. was more just like telling people like do your research yeah kind of a thing because and i think she was like also kind of like yelling at the person who made the video because it's like you could kill people by yeah. putting this information out mm-hmm. there yeah um, because another thing too is in that video, they didn't give any quantities. They were like, just mix these together and oh, see geez. what happens. Oh God. Okay. And it's like, cool. Yeah. Or, and it's like, that's something to me where it's like, do those people not think like you now have blood on your hands potentially because you put something out there like that. Uh, well, and I, I, I had this experience today with a young, a young woman came in the shop and I had to educate her like, okay, so have you ever had mugwort tea before? Yes. Okay. How much are you drinking? And she was like, she only, she was like three tablespoons. And I'm like, you need one teaspoon to one to two cups of boiling water. That's mm-hmm. all you need. So educated, da, 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 did all the things. And what I'm not liking is this almost repulsed response when you educate someone yeah, and then tell them, you know, we teach classes on things like astral travel. Maybe instead of get, you know, trying to do a tea blend for astral travel that could potentially harm that you. could potentially harm you maybe you should just take this class by someone who consistently does this that that's work a, lo- a lot of people they don't want to have to do the work they want that easy answer and it's frustrating because every single time I'm like we teach classes oh on what and how much and i'm like this and this and they're like Oh, well, we'll think about it. And then here they are, like, the next day, like, I did this spell and it didn't work. I'm like, I literally told you we were doing a class on how to do this spell. (laughs) But okay, it's fine. (laughs) So one thing I'm hating about witchcraft right now, or the witchcraft community right now, okay, and I have to explain this very carefully, okay? I'm seeing a lot of people shitting on Scott Cunningham right now why yeah why and I'll, okay and i want to say first of all i'm not a fan of scott cunningham okay i am not wiccan i don't particularly subscribe i did not grow up with though many people did in my generation i did not grow up with scott cunningham's work okay and i i am aware i am aware that scott cunningham appropriated a lot of, a lot of information from indigenous cultures Every witchcraft writer, everyone who has ever written a witchcraft book has appropriated from some indigenous culture. That just is what it is. Well, particularly Wicca. Um, yeah, yeah, particularly Wicca. Um, but I'm noticing this movement now. Everybody is once again trying to be so politically correct. And we're also caught up with the concept of decolonizing our practice. And yes, yes, these are important things. We do need to be decolonizing our practices, all of us. If your practice has been colonized, and I don't know anybody who's who hasn't, um, but we we have these names, we have these people like Scott Cunningham, that really were pioneers in a sense. That really they did so much. Like we would not have a witchcraft community today. Our community today, maybe it would be better to say, would not be what it is without Scott Cunningham. And even though he wrote a lot that was you know, appropriative. He wrote a lot that was, you know, has not really stood well over the passage of time. You know, this was still someone who who really, I think, kind of put his neck out in, in an era where, like, witchcraft was still not something that was commonly practiced. Mm-hmm. And he also faced a lot of adversity. One of the reasons that he had to 
take so much information and appropriate information from other practices because he was an openly gay man and he was not allowed membership in the traditions that really were the most common or in existence in his era. You know, and so I'm I'm seeing a lot of younger people that are like, well, Scott Cunningham, blah, 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 blah. and all I can say to those people is, grow the fuck up because you would not have access to the witchcraft that you do today if it were not for people like Scott Cunningham. Now, why is it just targeting Scott Cunningham and not some of the other people who? It's everyone. I I've, like I've heard the same thing about like Raymond Buckland as well. I mean, you know, and again, Buckland Buckland I think was like generation prior to Cunningham. Right, the same, you know, same well, kind generation. of about the same era there, right? You know, anyway, but so I've heard the same thing about, you know, Buckland and a few other people, you know, um, but but I also, you know, I have to say we we have to look at these people for their contributions to witchcraft and paganism, right? I mean, we don't we don't think of of people, you know, like oh god, I'm trying to think of another expert. Like you're not gonna, you know, go to, you know, you're not gonna read the. The works and the, the the information put forward by you know uh, you know psychology by Sigmund Freud, you know you're not going to go to his information you know for analysis on you know what I guess what oh God I'm struggling to to make a comparison here and I guess it really when it comes down to it it doesn't matter you know my point being that we have these older generational authors we have these people who you know yes we understand they are problematic. They were problematic, but they really did kick open a lot of doors for us. We would not have the community we do now if it were not for them. And we, we have to remember our roots, even if sometimes those roots are troubled. Well, we also have to remember that a lot of the older witchcraft, pagan, Wicca authors were writing with what they had learned, from what they had learned, but not just from what they had learned, but they were writing in a time where it was still, it was more dangerous to be an openly practicing witch. Mm, yeah. You know, um, people will trash all over Scott Cunningham. But the thing is, is he was writing for a particular generation, a particular group of people. It's the same thing with Silver Ravenwolf. People will trash on Silver Ravenwolf. And don't get me wrong. I It's not like Silver Ravenwolf is my favorite author. Because um, she's not. But she writes for a particular audience. Authors write for an audience. Right? And if you ever meet these people in person, you will be able to get a more true feel for them and go, Oh, what you're writing for is not who you actually are. And that doesn't necessarily make them fake. But we have to remember that publishers and editors make authors do stuff in order to get their stuff published, which mm -hmm. is why um, authors like uh, Cindy Brannon, I think Cindy Brannon self-published Keeping Her Keys at first. She, I thought she just went with a, like a smaller, like an independent publishing house. She, she, she may have, but we still have these authors who will publish books themselves because they don't, they want to get the truth out there. But that doesn't mean that they get a bigger audience. Now it's just harder to find their stuff. Andrew Chumbly. You know, things like that. And yeah. so it's... I had to have this conversation. Oh, God. These are all conversations I've had at the shop today. Um, I had someone purchase The Book of Shadows by Lady Sheba, which is an entirely problematic book. It's entirely problematic. 
And I and I warned them because I could just tell that this is a group of people, a group of young, a group of young youths. Young youths. Young youths. Don't you just mean? Don't you just mean a group of youths? A group of youths that were very. Do it, my cousin Vinny style. A group of youths. A group of youths. Youths. But they, they, I could tell that this is a group. Uh, I mean, obviously, one of them was, uh, you know, one was a young gay man. There were probably some other, and and, and you know. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm gay. Whatever. You know, these are young people. I'm like, okay, cool. But they purchased this book, and I was like, okay. So I gave them warning, like, understand that this book was written and published in a different generation, at a different time. And so there's going to be problematic things in there. So take from it the things that you see value in, and then disregard the rest. You know? And that's how it should be for every book you read. Every book you read. Not every book you read is going to be something that is just packed full of knowledge and everything you can use. Except Psychic Witch by, by Matt Aron. There were a couple lines in his book where I was like, I'm going to ignore that phrase, Well, there were a couple okay. lines <laughs> where you can ignore them, but like the exercises and the applications therein, yeah. every witch uses those. Every witch grounds, every witch centers, every witch shields, you know? And so, you know, basically, moral of the story is read witchcraft is part problematic <laughs> and... You just need to accept that, and like Mike said, in the process of decolonizing our craft, you also have to understand that decolonization doesn't mean making things how you think they, the ancient people did it. Because guess what? Chances are certain practices do overlap with things. Yeah, that is very true. You know, yeah. j just because Italian people, just because my Italian ancestors used rosemary doesn't mean that it is a closed practice to anyone else. So many other cultures use rosemary for so many things, and it's okay. Hmm. Well, all right. Walnuts are close practice, though. Don't do it. Uh, walnuts now? Walnuts. Hey. I said that. But my cookies. Yes, but my cookies! Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, yeah, we actually, we are, um, I believe our next episode is probably going to be on closed practices. Oh. And we will have Vlad back on for that one as an indigenous person. I think his voice is definitely one that needs to be a little bit louder than ours on that one. Okay, are we going to have... Um, should we see if we can get Hez back on? Yeah, I think <gasps> having Hez and Vlad... I think that would be fun. Actually, I talked so with Vlad about that a little bit, yeah. And I think that... Um, has based on the the last episode that we had him on, you know, he he kind of did talk a little bit about how he is also involved in a, a close practice, and mm -hmm. you know, and as um, you know, as another person of color, I you know, I I, I want to say that we we got, we got we have to pay attention to those voices. Yeah, they, they, they know better than than yes. than we do. Um, you know, and uh, I'm not I'm not saying you know I mean our own practice is a closed practice, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but. Anyway, yeah, but I'm looking forward to that episode. That one actually I think will be um, very informative and uh, particularly since I continue to see so much confusion and so much arrogance and privilege popping up in white practitioners around some of those practices and traditions. So anyway. Two gays, two straights, and a bi. That's what that episode's going to be called. Oh, am I going to be there? I'm assuming. Oh. I mean, you're basically... I don't We're know. attached at the hip. It's cool. This is true. But I also, like, I, I'm i a white woman. <laughs> well, no, but, I, but you, like tonight, you had good questions. I think that the thing is, is that when we talk about closed practices, you know, and, and we're going to wrap up this episode here in a minute, but when we talk about closed practices, though, I do think that we, we need white voices in that conversation as well. 
mainly because it's white people who continue to fuck it up, you know? And so we need, we need white voices as well, because if we don't have people who are, and I'm not saying you personally are a problem because I know you're very respectful of these things, Ariana, but other, other white practitioners who continue to step on those toes and cross those lines and continue to behave inappropriately around those closed traditions. Um, if we don't have other white people step up and say, Hey, this is wrong. And let's find out why exactly let's be a part of this conversation. Like we're not going to see change. So yeah, I fully agree. But like you said, I think they need to be the louder voices. They need to be the louder voices. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I might pass on that one just because okay. I feel like it's not the one I need to be in. Okay. Well, that's fine. Okay. Well, so Ari may not be joining us for the next episode, but you will, you will and see the triumphant return of Ariana bum, sure, bum, very bum, soon. Bum. So that makes me sad Can't now. Can't get rid of me then. That makes me sad now. Okay. Well, so. we'll see what happens. But... Let's see, see how you feel that day. Like, like, soda. See how stressful the day is. Anyway, we're, we're just rambling now. We can have this conversation uh, after we, we end the episode. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank everybody for spending the last hour and a half with us. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, we will, of course, as we were just mentioning, be back soon with yeah. another. And uh, thank you so much, Ariana. Thanks, Ari. Always a pleasure. Welcome. <laughs> thank you, Austin. Yeah. Thank you, right. Michael. And uh, yes, thank you from me. All right. So have a good night, everybody. We will see you soon or talk to you soon. Good night. Bye.